New on Curiosity Stream, how do you connect a 16th century potato to limitless energy production? Could Napoleon's toothpick have a direct link to a machine that predicts the future? And how can a 1700s conch shell chart a course to humans connecting their brains to the internet? James Burke's visionary series Connections returns for a new generation. Experience all new Connections. With monthly, annual, and bundled plans, find the one that works for you at curiositystream.com. Looking to make your holiday gifts more extraordinary? There's one place you need to go. Paper Source. Paper Source's gift wrap collection includes hand-illustrated designs, stone paper, sustainable handmade fine papers, and even pine-scented wrap. Don't want to do any wrapping? Paper Source has easy solutions with their pre-wrap gift boxes and bags. Or you can leave it to the professionals with their in-store wrapping service. Give yourself time back and wrap up your holidays with something extraordinary. Visit papersource.com or stop by a Paper Source near you today. morning good afternoon or good evening wherever or whenever you're listening to us or watching us this is the awesome nhl dfs strategy show and i am your host michael clifford aka slim cliffy and venturing out with me on these tauntauns out into the freezing temperatures of hoth uh to check out a little impact creator is our very own rebel josh harris josh how you doing today bud I have a voice. I can see. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you certainly look a lot better than you did on a couple shows last week. Yeah, I don't have a mountain of Kleenex in front of me. It's going to be a good day. <laughs> yeah, any, any day where you're not just constantly reaching for the Kleenex yeah. is absolutely a good day. Um, yeah, weather's starting to get a little bit nicer. Uh, snow's melting, uh, all that good stuff. We have a Actually, it's a weird little slate ahead uh, here tonight. We have a two-game early slate that locks in two hours. um, And then a three-game slate that locks in about five hours from now. I think we're going to see a lot of those. Like, I haven't checked the schedule flat out. I just just looked on a day-to-day basis. Um, 
I think we're going to see a few more slates like this as we move forward, right? Because there's a lot of rescheduled games from earlier in the season that they have to make up and they have to give teams, you know, some time to rest and some time to travel. So I think we're probably going to see a few, few more slates like this. I just hope that they start combining the games. I don't know where you stand on that. Like, do you want, would you want this to be a full five game slate or do you like how they split it up? Yeah. I was actually just thinking about that because I think if the first game on the main slate didn't start at 8 PM Eastern, if it was a 7 PM Eastern, I think they would have combined them, but going forward, if it's like five thirty PM Eastern, and there's a bunch of 7 p.m. Eastern games, I would imagine they're going to combine them into a bigger slate, which is good because, like, maybe maybe, maybe I'm just being, like, naive here, but, like, if it's a different lock time from NBA, they might be bigger GPPs, but probably not. But one can dream. I mean, <laughs> yeah, I think, I think that might be a little bit of a pipe dream on your yeah. part, but, hey, we are dreamers here. Uh, let's put that out into the universe and let's speak it uh, into existence. Let's get some bigger GPPs. Uh, on bigger slates. I mean, they do that for MLB sometimes. I remember when Cleveland, the uh, the Cleveland baseball team moved their start time back to six Eastern. Like DK kept them in there for, I think, a year or two before taking them out. Uh, so it's not like it's unprecedented. Yeah. Um, and there's other sports that lock at 7 p.m. Eastern. So like staggered starting is not only good for NHL scheduling, it's good for DFS if you multi-sport. So yeah, exactly. Uh, with MLB coming up and NBA still going, there are going to be people like there. We could conceivably have three major sports all locking at the same time. Uh, that's a rush for a uh, big rush for anybody playing multiple sports. I mean, just one sport is enough. I mean, just look at last night. Let's talk about last night for a second. Just look at last night. We got news two minutes before uh, the Florida game was about to lock that Alexander Barakoff was out of the lineups. He was a linchpin of a lot of lineups. I know some contests, especially single entry and high dollars, stuff like that. He was approaching or exceeding 50% ownership, uh, lower dollar stuff. He was definitely around 30%. Uh, I was fortunate to, I just, I just global swapped uh, to Alex Wenberg. And then I managed to change a couple lineups on top of that. Uh, Alex Wenberg actually scored. So things kind of worked out, but yeah, I think that's, you know, that just kind of last night kind of shows that maybe, the, you know, if we do have earlier starts for the NHL, it would behoove uh, DraftKings to have some of these earlier starts because then it would allow people to make those swaps earlier and then they could still play baseball and NBA later. Yeah, that Barkov news came out real late too. And luckily, like, if you're an awesome subscriber, people are all over it in Slack. That's how I found out. <laughs> I popped in trying to find a lineup for something and they're like, Barkov's out. So like... I had him in my lineup, so I got that panic, like, oh, crap. Luckily, I only had one lineup, so I was able to go through a few options before I had, like, a minute and a half. I was able to get a pretty good swap in, but, like, it was 26% in the 150 max. So if you missed it, you certainly were not alone. Yeah, a lot of people missed it. I mean, that's the thing, right? Um, you know, we think there's only a few. I did it uh, not long ago. I even messaged about it in chat. I forget what it was. Uh, went to go make some tea with five minutes uh, to go before lock and somebody got scratched two minutes later and I missed the news. Like it literally is minute to minute uh, once warmups hit. So you're right. That is a nice thing about our Slack chat. People are not shy uh, to share the news. And, you know, I think that's, that's definitely one of the upsides uh, to being a member at Osmo uh, is definitely the Slack chat. Uh, some people got to make that switch. Some people didn't. Uh, some of us, you know, some people in the chat had a good night last night. Our own Kelly Canuck, uh, Nolan Kelly, I think for the second time in two weeks, baked the 20 max. Um, we had uh, other guys have really good nights. So uh, let's hope we can kind of keep that going here tonight. 
Um, before we get going, uh, just want to let, uh, just want to ask everybody uh, to like and subscribe. It really helps us grow the channel here, um, and you know, gets us to the top of the algorithm. Helps keep these coming to you, uh, you know, on a regular basis. So uh, just throw us a like and subscribe if you can. Looking ahead, uh, let's just talk about um, this two-game early slate real quick. I just want to talk like like short slate two-game strategy because it would apply whether you're playing two games or three games. Like, do you do you just keep going with your standard three-three stacks or a full six-man, or or do you do like more broken stacks and one-offs? Like, or do you have a core that you might work with? Like, how do you approach these short kind of slates? So. I tend to like, okay, so I play like the 150 max, but I generally try to uh, go into three max or single entry stuff. But so like for me, the most successful nights I've had in the past few seasons on short slates, I'll lock in a line, like a three man line or four man with the power play quarterback. Um, And then after that, I don't force correlation, if that makes sense, but I won't like not put it in if, if I get there. So like if there's pieces, if there's like a full line that I like, I'll put it in, but like, I kind of just put like value around it, but I, I kind of focus on one main line, especially if it's chalky. Like I'll try not to have like a three man, a pretty obvious three man stack behind it. I'll have like uh, a one off and like, like a, a two man, a little mini behind it. So like if I'm going chalky with the main stack, I try to differentiate elsewhere so like I won't, um, I won't jam chalk on chalk, but I try to focus on at least getting in one full line. Yeah, um, I think that's probably, I think that's that's a fairly common approach. I, I don't I don't want to say common. I think that's an approach a lot of people take on shorter slates, like because like full lines going off aren't super common. That's something that we talk about um, often, right? Like we do it on bigger slates because uh, you compound the points, right? And that's how you can get ahead. It's just not a common thing that a whole line will go off and to get multiple full lines to go off on a two game or a three game slate uh, is kind of rare. So uh, you can do a three man stack. It's fine. Like if you want to, you know, three man stack the Pittsburgh top line or something here tonight, I think that's okay. Uh, but they'll probably be the most owned line and you need to really find uh, probably more than one way to get different. Like, I, I don't think you can just jam in like a 5% goalie and say, yeah, that's enough to get different. I think, you know, you probably need a 5% goalie and a 1% one off and a 3% punt defenseman or something like that. Like if you're stacking a 40% line, which is what Pittsburgh one might be here tonight, you really, really do have to get different with the rest of your lineups and it has to be in more than one spot. And that's the thing, like, if you're going to jam in a 40% line, you, you should full stack the line. Like, you shouldn't one off a 40% own guy, especially if the other guys on the line are going to go off. Like, elite lines, I try to full stack. Like, yeah, if you're playing this slate and you are stacking Ottawa top line, you want to leave Chris Tierney off, like, that's fine. But, like, if, like, Colorado's on a three-game slate or Boston, something like that, even pit one tonight, like, you don't want to leave these guys off. It's, like, Boston Boston top line is a good example because they've been on a lot of short slates this year and uh, Pasternak is always the highest owner and, and Brad Marchand's always less than half the ownership of Pasternak. So like the way to get ahead with these elite lines is just full stack them and differentiate yourself elsewhere. Yeah, that, I think that's the point to make here is that often the differentiation is just using the entire line, right? 
it's just because we talked about um, how infrequent uh, full lines go off. It's just I wouldn't stack another full three-man line on top of that because with there are only so many spots to go, uh, and you're probably going to get duplicated um, because there, like, I, there are only so many spots that will fit in with that Pittsburgh one. All right. Um, we should actually probably start talking about the games uh, here tonight before uh, I do. Uh, all these uh, shows are up on YouTube. So if you want to go check out uh, our podcast, osmo.com slash podcast, you can check out our podcast there. If you leave us a five-star review uh, with your Twitter handle or email uh, on uh, iTunes, you get a chance to win a free uh, we- a free month of Osmo Plus, or a free week, sorry, of Osmo Plus Platinum. So a uh, nice little chance to get uh, a little... Uh, bonus, uh, you know, a little bonus uh, projections and ownership and all that, all that good stuff uh, for your DFS uh, play on each and every night. All right, let's get to this next game or this first game, actually. Uh, This is the first game on the two game slate. We have the Calgary Flames with a 3.4 implied goal total going into Ottawa. The Ottawa Senators have a 2.6 implied goal total. Uh, These two teams played a couple nights ago. Ottawa took a 2-1 win. (laughs) Our our boy, Philly Gustafson and Nett came through for us uh, at 6,700 or whatever it was. Um, I think one of the big, biggest pieces of news is that I, it looks like Alex Formanton is playing tonight for Ottawa. Um, Now Formanton is a guy that's kind of a big prospect for them, but I just want to caution everybody that, his numbers in the HL are good, but not as good as guys that have already made it to Ottawa. Like guys like Batherson, guys like Norris, those guys have better numbers, like better shot rates and better production and all that than Formenton did uh, in the AHL. So that's just kind of the one thing I want to note is that, yeah, he's a highly thought of prospect. Um, but at the same time, he's, I think he's a step behind the guys uh, like Norris and the guys like Batherson. But it's only a two-game slate, and we saw them put up a couple goals on Calgary a couple days ago. We saw them uh, lay the beat down on Calgary a couple times earlier in the season. Uh, so what do you like here, Josh? I think there's probably something to like from both sides. So why don't you just let us know? Yeah, so I think this is a, a decent spot to go back to the Flames. Just because, like, them getting, like, burning so many people is fresh in people's minds. Like, I think people may actually – well – looking at the goalie prices, right? So I don't know if people are going to use the expensive Minnesota goalie. Maybe they will. Ryan Miller, 7,000. I don't know because I think Minnesota is going to be fairly popular. I think Philip Gustafson cutting off a really good game at 7,200 is going to be pretty popular tonight on a two gamer. So I think going back to the flames is probably a good idea. Um, I think where I would want to go, is probably the, the Lindholm Kachuk <laughs> or the Backlund Lucci Chimangiapani line. Like I, I know I, I, I recommend them every time, but they've actually been really good. And they're getting, you know, the Norris Stutzla Batherson line, which, you know, is pretty low event, but their defensive numbers are a little bit worse than their offensive numbers. So and that backland line has been very good. Uh, Backlund's up over 5,000 tonight. So I think, you know, he, he may actually not be super popular considering money. Looking for a fun way to win 25 times your money this football and basketball season? Test your skills on prize picks, the most exciting way to play daily fantasy sports. Just select two or more players, pick more or less on their projection for a wide variety of stats, and place your entry. It's as easy as that. 
If you have the skills, you can turn $10 into $250 with just a few taps. Easy gameplay, quick withdrawals, and injury insurance on your picks are what make Prize Picks the number one daily fantasy sports app. Ready to test your skills? Join the Prize Picks community of more than 7 million players who have already signed up. Right now, Prize Picks will match your first deposit up to $100. Just visit prizepicks.com/play100 and use code play100. That's code play100 at prizepicks.com/play100 for a first deposit match up to $100. Prize Picks, daily fantasy sports made easy. My hands only $900 more. Goudreau is only $300 more. So I think people are going to pay up for, you know, Monahan Goudreau over Backlund. So I think going to that Calgary three line is a, is a good way to get a little bit different, but I also, you know, you know, Gustafson maybe was on like cloud nine and he was playing over his head. I think, you know, usually sometimes you see that with these goalies and I have no basis for it here. Like the first one, you're just kind of like, yeah, you just like so amped and you kind of like crash back down to earth now that you've been there a little bit, there's no basis or stats or that. It's just like kind of just, something that I noticed when I was an athlete back in the day in high school, like 900 years ago. But <laughs> I, I think, you know, going back to the flames tonight is a, is a good way. If, if you want to go to the sense tonight, I think, you know, Brady Kachuk is 7,900 is like the, is always a good fantasy play. Kachuk is one of the best DFS players and his price reflects that. Um, the Norris Patterson Stutzla line is going to get that back online. So I'm kind of on a two gamer. Like obviously if you're, if you're max entering, you can have some, I don't think I would do them, uh, consider them in my one lineup. And I also don't mind this um, Colin White, Dadenoff, Paul line. But the thing is, like like we just talked about, full lines not going off. I think really on the Ottawa side, it's more of like a one-off situation, like a Kachuk or like an Evgeny Dadenoff or a Dadenoff, you know, Chabot type of deal. So, like, while I kind of like full stack in Calgary 3 and taking two pieces from the, the other two lines – I think on the Ottawa side, it's more of like a one-off or two-man situation. Yeah, I'm with you on Ottawa. Like full stacking here, I don't think makes a ton of sense, um, especially where they have so much broken correlation, right? Like there's no line that is fully correlated uh, on the power play. Man, I wrote in my notes, effing Chris Tierney. Like I am so sick of seeing that guy on the top line. Like he, he, like, he's just bad. Okay. Like he was a, like, and I don't, this is the thing. I don't like slagging NHL players. Cause one, like they're amazing hockey players. And two, Chris Tierney was a good player once upon a time. It's just once upon a time is not in 2021. Uh, Brady Kachuk with uh, skating with Chris Tierney, 2.2 expected goals for 44.5% expected goal share. That's just atrocious. Without Tierney, 2.8 expected goals for 53.4% expected goal share. Like, he goes from atrocious to great just not playing with Chris Tierney. Like, anybody but Chris Tierney. So, like, that's why, like, I really would want to use that Ottawa top line here, especially going into that Gojo monahan matchup. But I'm not sure it's even a good matchup now because Tierney's just dragging that line down into oblivion. And, like, I don't – like, that's just kind of the reason why – I don't want to play a ton of Brady Kachuk uh, here today. Like I imagine he's going to be pretty popular because there aren't a lot of expensive players on this slate. Like there, you could probably stack Calgary one plus dear, you know, plus Hannafin and then put in Kachuk and still put in, you know, a reasonable secondary stack besides that. Like there's, 
there's our reasons to play Brady Kachuk. It's just I hate playing him when he's with Chris Tierney uh, on a shorter slate. I don't think it really makes like I don't think it makes a ton of sense to play them together. Like you said, if you want to one off Kachuk, I think that's fine. Um, where I'm probably gonna go, like where I would go if I was playing, like I'm probably not gonna be playing this early slate. Uh, is the Calgary top line actually Lindholm and Kachuk? I think you're right. People are going to gravitate towards Monaghan and Godreau because they are, uh, you know, what, like $1,500 cheaper as a duo. Um, and that white to Donoff Paul line, they started really well, but their numbers have been sliding for a little bit. Their defensive numbers have been sliding, especially. Uh, so I think that line can be had. So if I were to play here, um, Lindholm Kachuk would be my focus. You know, Hannafin obviously one off uh, or not one off uh, with them. Uh, is fine for that power play correlation. Um, on the Ottawa side, I think I would just be going to uh, the Stutzla-Batherson duo. Um, I think that's just, it's. I think it's just their best full line that they have right now. So I think it'd be their best chance of putting up points uh, in this game. Uh, on the blue line, uh, I don't think I'd be doing a whole lot other than correlating. Uh, Nikita Zaitsev's price has come back up. It ha- was down in the threes earlier. This week, now back up in the mid fours. Christian Wolanin is probably the one guy I would point out. He was a uh, second power play unit for Ottawa last game, and he's down in min price. Yeah, um, I agree. I want to play my guy, Artem Zoo, but like 2,900. I'd rather use Wolanin here, save the 400. Yeah. Uh, Artem Zoo, by the way, uh, mentioned to you the other day, top 20 by wins, apl- wins above replacement amongst all NHL skaters this year. He's having a really good season. It's nice to see. You love to see the zoo do well. (laughs) All right, moving on to our next game. Uh, Anaheim, 2.1 implied gold total going into Minnesota. Minnesota has a 3.4 implied gold total. Um, As Josh mentioned earlier, uh, it looks like Cam Talbot starting for Minnesota. Probably Ryan Miller for the Ducks, as John Gibson looks like he's still injured. Um, I, I don't really have a... This is one of those games where, like, I hate seeing I don't have a lot of interest in Anaheim because it's a, there's only four teams on the slate, so you can't say you have a ton of interest in half the teams that are on the slate. Uh, but I just find that I find Anaheim, you know, unless you really want to stack the Henry Terry Zegers line, I find Anaheim really hard to stack as a three man. I think the most you could do here is a two man, but maybe you see something different. Yeah, I don't know with Getzloff with Derek Grant and whoever, like he's not with Comtois and Raquel, right? So, like, maybe even Joel Erickson gets that Henrique line. So, who knows? I mean, like, it's the Ducks. I'm like, this is a Minnesota game for me. If you want to one-off some Ducks, like, Zegris is fine. Jamie Drysdale is popular. I, I think, you know, Drysdale's up to 3900 though. So, like, I don't know. Like, the, these Ducks defenseman prices have come up. Like, you can't just, like, plug in Ben Hutton at min-price <laughs> or, you know – Jake's boy, Hawk and Paw. Um, so <laughs> there, there's really not much I like on the Ducks tonight. I guess Zegris is okay. He's 3,500. Troy Terry's been their best player recently at 3,600. So if you want to do like a Zegris Terry deal, that's fine. Henrique is at 5,600. Like I don't want to put, pay 5,600 for Adam Henrique. So really, this is all about Minnesota. And like, they're expensive too. Like Kaprizov is sixty seven hundred. Zuccarello is sixty nine hundred. Uh, Victor Rask is even up to thirty seven hundred. So 
From a price perspective, I kind of like the duo of Hartman Fiala. They're a little bit cheaper than Kaprizov Zuccarello. Like, I won't fault you if you if you want to play Kaprizov Zuccarello. Like, they've been very good offensively, not great defensively. But it's not like the Ducks really have a line going into them going, "Oh yeah, they're just going to control the play." So I think you can get away with it. But for me, uh, Hartman Fiala combo over the Kaprizov Zuccarello combo, just from a price perspective. From a pure play perspective, I think Zuccarello Kaprizov is the better play. Uh, and I even think like you can full stack the third line, Greenway, Eric Snack, Parisi. There isn't very good correlation there on terms of the power play, but like they're cheap enough where you can sprinkle in some guys. They're going to see the minutes because they're the shutdown line. So I don't know, like these four teams are hard to full stack because Calgary has a ton of third wheels. The Ducks just don't have good lines the you know the the wild have third wheels as well like marcus johansson on the second line like maybe he won't kill you if you put him in for 2500 but like these lines on this slate don't correlate well at all so outside of calgary three so it's going to be a bunch of mixing and matching for me yeah this is not a great uh correlation game and even (laughs) you talk about troy terry being their best player he got moved down to the third line with Ryan Getzlaff and Derek Grant last game. So, like, this is the thing with Anaheim. Like, Anaheim's not as bad as Columbus in this regard for changing up their lines, but they're pretty close, and they have a lot – they have more worse players. So, like, as much, you know, as disinterested as I usually am in Columbus, I'm even more disinterested uh, in Anaheim. But, again, it's a two-game slate. There are only so many places to go. Like, I agree with you not wanting to pay 5600 for Henry, but at the same time, I think that it almost makes him contrarian on a slate like this, right? Like, a lot of people aren't going to pay up uh, 5600 for Henry. I mean, maybe they do because there's really not a lot of high-priced players on the slate, right? Like, there's no, there's only one player priced above 7K, and, it, and it's Brady Kachuk. So, like, it's not, it's not like Henry, putting in Henrik would kill you. But the thing with Minnesota is, like, like you mentioned Jamie Drysdale and his price is 3,900 Jamie Drysdale running. Like, I don't even know if you want to call him the first or second PP It's like, I don't think it really matters in Anaheim. Uh, but you know, he's going to probably play like 18 to 20 minutes for 3,900 Anaheim draws the fewest uh, power plays in the league. And Minnesota has a good to great penalty kills. So it's not like, you know, it's not like this is a good power play matchup for Anaheim or, you know, they might draw some extra penalties or something like that. It's just a bad matchup all around. So uh, with Anaheim, I think the two men that I would be most interested in is Henrik and Zegers. Um, again, not worried about power play correlation for the Anaheim side in this game. Henrik and Zegers would be the two would be the duo um, I would target. At least they have some offensive success together this year, which isn't. Uh, a lot like there's isn't a lot that can be said uh, in that regard with the rest of the Anaheim lineup so uh Henrik and Zegers for me I'm with you on the blue line I don't think there's anybody uh to worry about from the Anaheim side on the Minnesota side uh I haven't seen an official update but Matt Dumba is still expected to be out right uh okay just saw just an update 20 minutes ago still day-to-day chance we see him tomorrow okay so Dumba out tonight that would mean Brad Hunt still power play one. Uh, Brad Hunt obviously still in play, uh, you know, fine, fine as a, as a one-off or, you know, you can even, uh, you can just stack him with, you don't even need to stack him with his power play unit, honestly. Um, so that's where I am uh, on, 
on the Anaheim side, on the Minnesota side, I'm going to Zuccarello, Kaprizov. That's where I would go. They're going to get the depth from Anaheim, the depth from Anaheim. Like with the further the further you go down to their defenseman, the worse it gets. Um, maybe I guess he can make it a, a case for Drysdale, but he's only played three games and he's still a rookie. Uh, goalies, I don't know. Are you playing Ryan? Would you play Ryan Miller? I probably wouldn't play Ryan Miller. Yeah, no, I I think I think I'm playing Markstrom. Like that, that's the goalie I want to go to. I think I played him the last late. I play him again. I just, I just don't want to pay eighty four hundred for Cam Talbot. Like if it was if it was um, Kakinen, yeah. But I'd rather you know get the two hundred dollars for Markstrom and use that elsewhere. The, I, the goalies and like I think you know the Ottawa goalie is going to be pretty popular. So I'm going to you know try to maybe get a little bit of leverage with Markstrom. Yeah, don't mind that. Don't mind uh, playing Markstrom in some Calgary here tonight. Uh, all right, we're going to get to the main slate, but before we do, let's talk about our brand new sponsor. And the sponsor of our show today is Jock Market, and Jock Market has turned fantasy sports into a stock exchange. Jock Market allows you to buy and sell shares of players in real time for real money with guaranteed payouts for all shares at the end of each night. With daily markets for NBA, NHL, PGA, you can make real money every hour, every minute, every second of any match or game. Use the pregame IPO to pick up shares of your favorite players, then buy, sell, or hold them during the game based on your own analysis. Download the app to get started and use our exclusive Awesomeo promo code Awesomeo20 for a $20 bonus on your first deposit. This is an exclusive offer only for the Awesomeo community, so make sure to take advantage of it today. That's Awesomeo20 at Jock Market if you want to take advantage of our one-time deposit bonus on first deposits. Okay, to the main slate. Let's talk about our first game here. The first game we're going to talk about is the Buffalo Sabres. The Sabres have a 2.3 implied goal total. They're going into Pittsburgh. Pittsburgh has a 3.7 implied goal total. Um, Pretty safe to say where most of the ownership on this slate is going here tonight. It is going to be on Pittsburgh 1. But we need to talk about both sides here. So why don't you you start off with Pittsburgh? Let us know how much you like Pittsburgh 1 and their depth and then head on over to Buffalo. Yeah, so I think this is the most important decision you're going to have to make tonight either you're going to play Pittsburgh one or you're not right so they're going to be 40 50 percent tonight I think if you're going to play them you got to use the full line uh I I think you know one offing a Crosby doesn't really get you anywhere especially if they score a couple power play goals like Rust or Gensel they're going to come along for the ride so I think if you're going to play Pittsburgh you either full stack the top line or you fade them completely uh, for me, I'm fading them. Just it's just an ownership play. Like they're obviously the best play on the slate tonight. Um, I'm just going to try to leverage the field on it by fading them and hope they all don't get the three point bonus. Um, but if if you do play them and you do full stack, I think you know you don't have to full stack behind them. I think if there's a bunch of pieces you like, you can just put them in. You just you know if you if you're running like a Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. 
This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandsLots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. A regular 4-3-1 with Pittsburgh 1 and Latang. Um, I think you just got to be wary that you might get duped. A way to you know do that or like differentiate yourself really if you're going to go pit one in Latang, I think add in Kasperi Kapanen uh, just to do the full power play stack. Um, I think that will get you a little bit different. And then because especially you know putting in the full power play, you only have you know you can only do a two man and then a, a one off. So like the chances of getting duped after that become drastically lower. So I think for me, if I was playing pit one, it'd be the full line, um, be the full line with Tang or, you know, a power play stack. So um, after that, I don't mind, you know, a one-off McCann, even a one-off Kapitan. I think, you know, one-off and Kapitan to get that power play exposure is fine. He's going to be way lower owned than the top guys. Um, so that, that's where I'm at on – uh, Pittsburgh, I think with Latang, I wouldn't one off Latang. I think he's more of a correlation play for me. And then on the Buffalo side, you know, the, the Crosby matchup, the Crosby line is going to get this top line of Cousins, Reinhardt Hall, which is a very tough matchup for them. Their numbers in a small sample are very bad. Uh, they do fully correlate on the power play. So if you are MMEing, I think. Uh, on this short slate, I think you should have some exposure to that top line just on the off chance that they score a power play goal. I wouldn't go all in. <laughs> I would use them very sparingly. Uh, this is the worst spot on the slate. Uh, I think the line, I can't believe, I can't believe we're doing this. The line that I would want to use is Curtis Lazar, Casey Middlestat, Jeff Skinner. They are almost men priced. They are their best line five on five. They're going to get the depth of the Penguins with Malkin out. The Pittsburgh depth is very suspect. Uh, Tristan Yari is a net. Um, he's not great. He has been playing a bit better, but I think really, if you're, if you're putting in that line, you're just going to need, you know, one goal and they're going to pay off on their price. So I think my favorite spot on Buffalo is this third line. Um, <laughs> Oh man. And now I got to talk about Jeff Carter later. <laughs> yeah. Uh, what a slate we have yeah. ahead of us, ladies yeah. and gentlemen. Yeah. So th- that's where I'm at in this game. Like I'm obviously going to be under the field on Buffalo, but like if I was going to use a line, it would be that third line. Yeah. Okay. I'm going to start uh, on the Pittsburgh side. The one like, okay. Like the Pittsburgh top line's in the best spot on the entire slate. We don't, we all know that we don't really have to talk about that. The second line is what's kind of interesting me here. Like McCann, Aston Reese and Kapanen, that seems like it would be a good line to me. Like Aston Reese and McCann put up uh, nearly two expected goals for 60 minutes and 66 minute sample, which is fine, you know, for a depth line. Um, and I think Kapanen would absolutely help out in that regard. Like Kapanen, Kapanen reminds me kind of like a J, like Jason Zucker when Jason Zucker, I, I guess he's still on the Penguins. He just hasn't played in a while. 
Like he he's a guy that can do everything offensively. He can carry the puck. He can make passes. He can shoot. It's just he doesn't. He's not great at anything. He's good at a bunch of stuff. He's not great at any one skill. But I think that's perfect. Like you don't need to be great against this Buffalo Sabres team, right? So I think with McCann and Aston Reese having success together in the past, and and Kapanen being there with him, I think that's going to be a fine line to use. So like if if you want to get away from what's going to be a super heavy Pittsburgh one ownership. Like I think Pittsburgh two makes a ton of sense or just add in a couple guys for Pittsburgh two to make a Josh stack uh, in onslaught stack type thing. So that's kind of where I am on the Pittsburgh side. I'm with you on the Buffalo side. I'm not going to the top line because of that matchup. I'm not going to the second line because I think it's awful and I'd rather stack against them than stack, than stack them. And the third line is where I want to go. Middle stat Lazar and Skinner. Like I can't believe, I'm actually saying this. The whole line is $7,800. The entire line is the same price as Brady Kachuk. Or actually, they're cheaper than Brady Kachuk. They're $100 cheaper than Brady Kachuk. But I'm not, you know, I'm not like, I'm not three man stacking that entire line. It'll probably be a couple guys. And the couple guys that I really have interest in uh, are Lazar and Middlestat. Those two guys um, uh, are going to be on, believe it or not, on Buffalo's top power play unit. Uh, along with Hall and Olofsson, I believe. So um, there's good, you know, that that Buffalo third line is going to get some power play, uh, some meaningful power play time here. So we talk about them as if they're a third line, but I think they come in with the second most ice time of any Buffalo line. And I don't, I think there's a non-zero chance they end up with the most ice time of any Buffalo line. Like if you look at Taylor Hall's game log of late, it's all over the place. 21 minutes last game. Okay, that's a ton of ice time. 13 minutes the game before. 12 minutes the game before. 16 minutes the game before that. Like, there, if if I had to bet, I'd say Jeff Skinner probably gets to 16 minutes here tonight. And Taylor Hall's fallen below that in three out of his last four games. Like, there is a non-zero chance. Like, this Buffalo, you know, third line ends up being the first line by time on ice here tonight. So, I'm in on them uh, as a cheap filler. Uh, you use one of them use two of them i don't think it really matters uh which one they're not and that's the weird thing about them being a good line is like these aren't really good players right but uh we're just going with what the numbers tell us so uh yeah in on that buffalo third line uh for defenseman mike matheson is the name that's kind of jumping out to me but he's starting to get expensive like he's up over 4k on DraftKings now now he's getting about 20 minutes of ice time or whatever so i guess it's fine especially on a slate like this where there aren't a ton of expensive players but um i just just it's one of those things like i wouldn't rush out to make like i'm not saying make sure you get mike matheson in your lineups it's just one of those guys i'd absolutely have no problem using on a slate like this here tonight on the buffalo side i don't know Ristolainen maybe I I think Ristolainen would be the Matheson equivalent or just dump down to Jacob Bryson or something like that yeah I'm not a, a huge fan of the Buffalo defenseman like I think Rasmus Dahlin is going to be popular just because he's 3,500 and gets the power play time but I mean that power play is kind of powerless so what's the point so um I agree with Matheson like we don't pay for play like we don't roster players because they what they do defensively. Like it doesn't matter what he does defensively, what he does offensively. And he is a good offensive defenseman. So I think 4,100 is perfectly fine, especially on a three game slate where hitting the defenseman is very important. And I think, I don't, I think he's kind of in that price range where like, I don't want to pay 4,100 for Matheson. So like 
you might get him lower owned than he should be. And if he does, you know, get a goal against the Sabres team who pro- like the Sabres team is terrible. So like all he really needs is to hit the score sheet, have a couple blocks and you're, you're looking good. And it's, it's another thing, like we mentioned with Colorado a couple nights ago, right? Like if Pittsburgh gets out to like a three or four nothing lead here, you could see their depth players pick up a lot more ice time. So you can see, you know, Matheson at 22 minutes. Um, if, you know, Pittsburgh gets out to a lead because they don't want to play Latang 26 minutes and Crosby, you know, 24 minutes and all that. Um, goalies, are we going to Tukarski? If, if, you know, we talked up the Ottawa goalie the other night, you got to consider Tukarski, like, He's 7,000. He's going to be the lowest on goalie on the slate because Pittsburgh one's going to be the most popular line. Um, I think it's a, it's a good leverage spot. It's going to be a pivot off of um, Demko. I'm not sure that Buffalo wins this game, but I'm more confident that he will see the volume enough to get the bonus. So I think it's tough to put him in just because you're like, how is Buffalo going to win this game? But crazier things have happened, right? So everyone the other night was like, how is Ottawa going to win this game with with Gustafsson or whatever his name is? So, like, I think Tukarski has to have some merit. if Especially if you're using Buffalo, I think you can put in Tukarski. Yeah, I agree with you. Uh, I actually I'm – play- I said I'm playing one lineup tonight. I have Tukarski in that lineup um, as it is right now. And you say how can they win. I remember – I think it was 2015, Buffalo went out west to San Jose when San Jose was still in the di- – like their, quote, dynasty years. And Buffalo was like a plus 350 or plus 400 dog, and they won 2-1 being outshot by like 25 shots because their goalie stood on their head. That's just what happens – uh, in hockey, those games happen sometimes. Yeah, and we're talking about like Pittsburgh, like there's some juggernaut. After you get past this top line, like they're not That's the thing either. Right. Like how much better is that Pittsburgh yeah. depth than the Buffalo? The, how much better is the Pittsburgh second and third lines than the Buffalo second and third lines? Like a, uh, they're better, but it's not like it's not like the top line discrepancy by any means. Like Madison CC, like defensive pairing, like could get, a, yeah. could get a little hairy there. Uh, Mark, uh, just want to mention again that if you're not able to watch all your favorite Osmo shows on YouTube, almost all of them uh, are available through the Osmo Podcast Network. Uh, there's a podcast for every sport. And we're on every major platform. So head on over to Osmo.com slash podcast to check out our latest. Uh, leave a five-star review on one of our podcasts for a chance to win a free month of Osmo Plus Platinum. Um, nothing easier than just uh, leaving a review and then winning a free month. So uh, head on over to Osmo.com slash podcast. Uh, leave us a five-star review, uh, and you get a chance to win a free month. Not a bad little deal there. Um, okay, moving along to our next game. Winnipeg, 3.2 implied goal total. Going into Vancouver with a 2.8 implied goal total. Um, Connor Hellebuck, I don't – yeah, Connor Hellebuck has been confirmed now. Uh, Thatcher Demko is the goalie on the other side. Uh Demko, you were saying before the show, you think he's probably going to be the chalkiest goalie of the slate, but we'll get to that uh, in a second. Um, Bo Horvat, uh, he was uh, kind of like a day-to-day slash game-time decision. He took, he blocked a shot a couple nights ago off his foot, uh, missed the entire third period. Now, the thing is, I hate speculating on this, but typically when a guy blocks a shot and doesn't come back, there's something genuinely wrong. Like, when guys block shots like believe it or not the the hockey skate helps because it keeps the swelling down right so you can actually get away uh with blocking a shot having something wrong and keep playing 
um, that the fact that he left that game really makes me nervous here. Um, but he's still slated to skate on the top line with Hoglander uh, and Besser. Uh, Brandon Sutter, it doesn't look like he's going to be in the line, but I mean, it's not like we're going to be playing a lot, whole lot of Brandon Sutter. Anyway, uh, JT Miller back to the second line center. Um, I think one side's probably going to draw a lot more ownership here, but we do need to talk about both sides. So what do you like here, Josh? Yeah, I like Winnipeg. Like Demko's been so good, but like the Canucks are so bad. <laughs> so- <laughs> Something's got to give here, right? And I, I think Winnipeg one's going to be popular just because one, they're fully correlated on the power play. Two, like two, they're less expensive than the second line. As good as that second line's been, I think going to the second line, getting the matchup with JT Miller is the better spot. Like just because they're more expensive, they're going to be less owned, they get a better matchup. I know they don't correlate great on the power play, but Kyle Connor on top power play, he he's always involved on the power play. Uh, Ellers has been great, 6,700. Pierre-Luc Dubois is who he is. Like, he's a good player. He doesn't produce much. Like, he's not like a like a Wenberg. He's better than Wenberg, obviously. But, like, so, like, 4,800 is okay. Like, it's it's not going to kill you. He does good second, secondary power play time. I think, you know – I've said it, you know, for a week uh, until Patterson comes back and these, you know, lines get more evened out. Like I just have no interest in playing the Canucks. JT Miller is a center. Like, yeah, this number, like their numbers like are, are decent in the small sample, but like he's not an NHL center defensively. Like he's better on the wing. So I think going to these jets lines is a nice, Nice way to get a little bit different off pit one, just because like Demko, he's 7,300 at home. And he, he, you look at his game logs, like they've been incredible. So like people are just going to gravitate to 7,300 goalie at home. Who's been great. So I think the jets are going to be a lower own than they should be. And I really like this spot. Like the Canucks are just not good defensively. Something's got to give like, yeah, maybe, maybe Demko stands on his head again, but like, I just continue going back there just because like we've, we've said it like targeting the coyotes, penalty kill like how long can the goalie keep bailing them out like eventually the dam is going to break and the water is going to rush through so i'm banking on it being tonight maybe i'm wrong it's certainly possible i'm wrong i've been wrong a lot but uh this is a spot where i want to go to the jets tonight yeah um just to kind of piggyback on bad defensively um J- JT Miller and Jake Vertanen in about 70 minutes together, 44.7 expected goal share. That is quite bad. That is not going to get it done against this Winnipeg second line, um, which is well above uh, 50% expected goal share. Uh, Nikolai Ehlers and Pierre-Luc Dubois certainly look like they have uh, some pretty good chemistry together. But this is honestly not a situation where I'm super concerned about matchups, right? Like if Bo Horvat is hampered at all um, with a rookie on one wing and a guy who's not very good defensively on the other wing, like that's that would not be a matchup that would concern me. So this, like as far as a matchup goes for Winnipeg, there's like where whether it's first line, second line, third line, it doesn't really change a whole lot for me. So mat- where matchup doesn't matter then you have to focus on, you know, one, your projections, and two, uh, ownership. And it's the ownership that's driving me to Winnipeg's second line here tonight. Um, Ehlers, Dubois, and Connor, we had them uh, somewhere between 11 and 12%. Chifley, Stasny, and Wheeler up closer to 18%. 
Um, I bet that Winnipeg top line probably even comes in a little bit higher than that. I bet that they come in probably like at least Shifley and Wheeler will be over 20%. Um, And I think the, you know, Winnipeg two, I think Winnipeg two was overpriced, but again, this isn't a slate where there are a a lot of super expensive players where we have to be concerned uh, about fitting in or, you know, where we have to be overly concerned about pricing uh, and I think that Winnipeg's second line just runs roughshod all, like, all over Vancouver, all over the second or the third line, whoever is matched up against them. So uh, with their 2.6 expected goals for in their 137 minutes together, I'm going to be on uh, Winnipeg too. Um, I don't know what you would do if you're like, I'm not super worried about Bo Horvat not playing. I assume that he still plays. I'm, I'd be more worried about him like pulling out sometime mid game, right? Like I think that would be the concern um, over him just flat out not playing. But I think for me in this game, it's still all about uh, that Winnipeg second line. Now, if I were to stack Vancouver, I think it would just be a flat out power play stack because the Winnipeg Jets, you know, they don't take a ton of penalties, uh, but Vancouver's typically ha- typically had a good power play. Uh, and the Winnipeg Jets typically don't have a good penalty kill. So I think if I were to stack anything from Vancouver, it'd be a power play stack, <laughs> especially where you get Jimmy, old Jimmy VC there, 2,700. You get some nice savings. So I think that's what I do on that side. And again, on Winnipeg, uh, I think either the top two lines are fine, but I'm more on Winnipeg too. I think it is uh, one. I think it's a decent matchup Two. Um, I think that they just come in at much lower ownership than the Winnipeg top line and what ownership is going to be important here tonight on the blue line. Um, I don't, like you always correlate Hughes. If you're playing Vancouver power play, Tucker Pullman is playing on the top pair. He might get somewhere as close to 20 minutes. So I, I, I think that's as fine as a punt. Is there anything that sticks out to you? I mean, if you're using that Winnipeg top line, Josh Morrissey makes sense. <laughs> If you're using that second line, I don't mind Neil Pionk. I think he's a better play, better one-off. Um, Derek Forbert, 4,400 is too pricey for me. If he was like 3,100, I consider it. But in these third-pair guys, like if you want to play DeMel for block shots, I'd, I'd kind of worry about his time on ice. And on the on the uh, Vancouver side, if you want to get someone from the Edler-Schmidt pairing, I think it's okay. Um, Edler kind of falls into that like – Matheson range just because he's 4,500. Um, I think I'd be more attracted to play Nate Schmidt just because he's 3,200, but none of these plays really jump off the page for me. Yeah, I'm glad you likened Edler to Matheson because that's kind of where I have him ranked in this slate. It's like if I have four to four to four, four you know, around 4,500 left, I have no problem playing Alex Edler. But, you know, I'm not opening up DraftKings and throwing Alex Adler first thing uh, into my lineups. It's just if if the money's there, I would play him. If it's not, I wouldn't. It's that simple. Um, I'm playing like I would probably play Hellebuck out of this game, but I assume Demko's uh, going to be pretty chalky, like you said. Yeah, I'm playing Hellebuck tonight. I normally don't spend up for goalie, but this is a night like like you said, like about Winnipeg, too, that they're overpriced, but. If you can fit any line comfortably, pricing doesn't really matter if they're overpriced, underpriced. Like, like I'm in a spot where like I don't need to get the savings uh, on Demko. Like, and he's going to be chalky. I like I would imagine he's going to be chalky at 7,300 at home. So, 8,200 on the road for Hellybuck. I like the Jets in this game, so I'm going to be using Hellybuck. I would imagine he's going to be a bit lower owned than he should be. 
uh, especially if Demko's ownership is up. Yeah, and I think with Horvat injured, that definitely brings, especially the shutout play, uh, into play here because he's a big part of their offense. All right, uh, one more game to get to before we get there. Just want to uh, remind everybody that we have free stuff up on the site almost every day, and today is definitely no exception. Uh, we've been talking all uh, all show about our NHL top stacks, and our NHL top stacks are free uh, on the website today. So head on over to Osmo.com if you want to check out the top stacks. It features uh, top two stack percentage, ownership, uh, their salary, uh, the leverage on them, uh, both DraftKings and FanDuel as well. And we also have the NBA Big Board, which is a nice uh, little handy reference tool. It has our projections, it has our leverage and all that good stuff. So if you're playing NBA or NHL tonight, go check out our free stuff over at Osmo.com. We have the NBA Big Board and NHL, NHL top stacks up. All right. Uh, we have one more game to get to, so let's get to it. We have the Los Angeles Kings with a 2.7 implied goal total. Going into San Jose, the Sharks have a 2.9 implied goal total. Um, I think the only note from the Sharks is that Antti Suomela is coming into the lineup. Uh, looks like he's probably going to be in on the third line. Um, I, don't, like, I don't know how you differentiate between their third and fourth lines, but I'm going to say he's coming in on the third line. Um Patrick Marlowe looks like he's still staying on the Sharks' uh, second line, and he's even found his way to their top power play unit. How do you like that? Um, I have there's for me. There's one line that I clearly like here in this game. So, but I'll save it uh, for a little bit later. What do you like here, Josh? So, I think if you're MMEing tonight, which I would imagine a lot of you are, I kind of like both these top lines for MME. I don't know if I would consider them in one to three lineups, just because it's it's like. Kopitar is a tough matchup, but the Couture line's been great this year. Uh, They've actually been better than I thought they would be all season, like, because I'm not a big LeBanc guy, but like Couture and Kane, surprisingly, really, really good. So I think in MME, I think you can go there. Uh, Maybe even in one to three, like, you can consider the Couture line. Like, Kopitar is still a great two way center, um, but their numbers aren't like, a shut like they don't have numbers of a shutdown line so i don't think that matchup is as fearful as it was a few seasons ago and then really when you get into the king's depth like that's where i want to attack like i like the hurdle meyer combo patrick marlowe on the top power play with couture and meyer so like if you want to do like a, a marlowe meyer couture type deal like you can get creative with these power plays the king's penalty kill is pretty good but like the thing is like with the king's goalie if it's like if Quick is going to play, like I like the Sharks more. If Peterson's going to play, I like the Kings le- or I like the Sharks less. But like, you just won't know until warm up. So you, you, if you're playing Sharks, you got to kind of hope it's going to be Quick because he is not the goalie that Peterson is. But like these power play units are what are really throwing me for a loop. But like the the Kings depth is pretty poor defensively. So I think the Sharks second line is really where I would want to focus on the Sharks. The hurdle Meyer combo is someone that, you know, we talk about a lot. They're great together. They're not on the same power play anymore, which kind of sucks, but I think you can still play them for the five on five. I think if you want to get creative with these power play stacks, you can do like the Kane hurdle, the bank, Kane hurdle Carlson, something like that. Like you don't have to like full stack line. Like we talked about earlier, you can mix and match for these power plays. Um, and then the King side, like the, the top line is fine in MME. I think the Couture matchup is tougher than people realize. So it's more of a uh, MME play for me. <laughs> and here we go. Andre, the Jeff Carter line with now with Kempe and Anthony CU, uh, they're going to get 
I don't know which line on the Sharks they're going to get, but it's going to either be a line with Patrick Marlowe or like, like one of the bottom six of the Sharks. So Carter and Anthony see you on the second power play. Kempe you get on the top power play. So like Kempe at 5,200, I think is going to be a nice sneaky play tonight. Uh, you get the Sharks are bad defensively. Martin Jones is in net. Their penalty kill isn't great. So Kempe at 5,200, I think he's, because of the price, like he's he kind of falls into the same boat as like uh, Backlund in the in the two games. Like he's fifty one hundred, maybe goes overlooked. He gets that top power play time. So I, I really do like Adrian Kempe as a one off. But I think you can, if you want to take pieces from that line, you can. You want to full stack that line, you can. I think there's a bunch of stuff in this game that is very MME friendly. One to three, it's kind of hard to narrow down, but like. I think Kempe would be my favorite one-off if I if I was playing him in one to three lineups. Yeah, I agree with you that this is a good MME uh, kind of game because you have two solid top lines that you can use, and then there's a ton of depth that you can mix in with them. There are power play stacks that you can do, uh, one-off defensemen that you can use. I'm glad you brought up Patrick Marlowe on that second line because we talk about players that are bad enough to sink an entire line and Patrick Marlowe is bad enough to sink an entire line. If you look at his offensive and defensive impacts from this year over at evolvinghockey.com, it's just all red. It looks like it looks like the opening scene from a James Bond movie when it's just like the red coming down the seat. That's all it is. He like he sucks now. And I hate saying that cuz he's probably a Hall of Famer. It's just at this point of his career he sucks. That's just what it is. And I think like I think he's bad enough to take down that whole line. Like Meyer in about 50 minutes with Marlowe this year has a 39 point, 39% expected goal share. Like he is literally just dragging down a good duo in hurdle and Meyer. So that's, what's driving me to Los Angeles too. Uh, Kurt, you mentioned Carter Kempe and Athanasiu. They've had, you know, Kempe has been on and off, but uh, K- Carter and Athanasiu have had pretty good numbers together almost all year. Uh, you know, Carter can be hit and miss. Seems like he's a little uh, willy-nilly with his shooting, but, that, you know, we like shot volume. Maybe he uh, can get to the shot bonus here. That's the line I was thinking of was uh, Los Angeles, too, because I love them going into that second. Like, I'm serious when I say Patrick Marlowe is bad enough to sink that entire line. Like, that's – I sink them defensively anyway. Like, that's what's really pushing me to Los Angeles, too. So, I'm – I'm kind of in on the Kings second line. I'm going to have some pieces of that in my one lineup. I really do like the Kings top line here tonight in general. Uh, the Sharks have been taking a ton of penalties lately, and the Kings are amongst the best for power play opportunities. Uh, so I do like the Kings top line. Uh, defensemen, I mentioned in our chat earlier that I'm probably, you know, I'd correlate with the power plays. Other than that, the only one-off guy I kind of like is Matt Roy. Is there anything here for you? Uh, I mean, yeah, I like Sean Walker. 3,000 like I I wish he got more time on the ice I wish he shot a little bit more but I do like Roy as well and on the shark side like Burns like I want to play Burns because like but he's been his shot rate has been so bad um I think he's going to be lower owned tonight so like maybe he has a throwback game like I don't know if you want to bank on that like it's not something I want to bank on. Like Carlson at forty six hundred interests me more than Burns just because he's fifteen hundred cheaper. It's like the same deal though. Their 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 impacts are just gone down. So really, I, I like as a defenseman in this guy. I think I like Dowdy the best just because the Sharks are just 
not good defensively. Martin Jones is not a good goalie. Uh, whenever they're on the power play, the Kings top unit gets a ton of run. Doughty just launches pucks. So Doughty's my favorite defenseman in this game. Yeah, I'm not going to argue with that. Burns has really fallen off. I don't really like a lot of defensemen in this game. I think I'd almost probably rather look elsewhere. Yeah. Um, you're not playing Party Marty in that, I take it? <laughs> uh, no. Um, the one thing I will say about the Kings, and it's kind of risky because you just don't know what they're going to do, but if it's Peterson, like I, I would have some interest in him. If it's quick, I have no interest. And the problem is this is a late game, so – if you're making a bunch of lineups, I think you can gamble on the Kings goalie and hope it's Peterson. And I get some there. Quick doesn't interest me, though. Okay. All right. Fair enough. Uh, before we get out of here, I'm going to ask you what your favorite value line of the night is. But before uh, you give yours, I'll give my favorite value line. I should have just mentioned them in the last game. Los Angeles, three. Moore, Anderson, Dolan, and Grunstrom. They've actually they have nearly 100 minutes together this year. 53 expected goal share. Over three goals scored. Per 60 minutes, um, don't mind mixing them in uh, with your soup, with your expensive lines like a Winnipeg power play stack or something like that. What's your favorite value line? Yeah, I'm going to go with Buffalo 3. <laughs> I love that. Curtis Lazar night is upon us. Curtis Lazar, take us to the promised land. All right, that's it for us here today. Uh, t- we're going to be back tomorrow. I think it's me and you again. Uh don't really remember all these days kind of blend together, but there will be a show tomorrow. We will be back for our producer, Tyler, uh, for our rebel hero, Josh Harris. This is Michael Clifford saying good luck tonight. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved. We are gathered here today to, has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.